I was lost. Like mentally I was lost, physically I was lost. And I leave my photos up as a, a story for myself to see the journey that I was on, to see when I was at my, you know, happiest, which was right when I started, I looked just like myself, you know, my most self. And then when it started to shift, when I started to change and I started to want to get fillers, want to get Botox, want to change my overall appearance in my face. And you can just see it. And I definitely could tell that I was struggling the most with my addiction. I, I struggled the most with alcohol uh, abuse. I realized what it really was as I struggled with social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be myself. I was still wearing the persona when I went out, but the suit didn't feel comfortable. I had to kind of put this act on. And you know, after some time of wearing that suit, it just, it was too tight, didn't fit anymore. And yeah. I wore it for about like probably five, six years. And then I didn't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. Welcome back to the North Star podcast. Today I have Jade Marie on the show and I'm so excited. I adored this conversation. I actually feel right now as I'm sitting here recording this intro that I'm really tapping back into the energy that we created together. Sitting here drinking the same tea, this blueberry tea. It's so good. It's so warm and sweet and delicious and just so nourishing. And that's how this conversation really felt for me. She's such a light. I just adore her soul. I also want to say that my intention actually with this intro is not to go into her background because I do believe that quite a few of you will already know her. And if you don't, just read the show notes because it's all there. Um, But what I do want to bring up is, as I just said, she is such a light. And I really feel that. I think, or I know you guys are going to feel that. But one thing I really love about her is that the reason she is a light, the reason she is this magnetic energy, the reason I believe she's had great career success and has come into a place of deep peace within is actually because, shock of shocks, because, you know, like all of us, she has many parts, you know, the light, the dark, and what makes her feel just full of light for the rest of us is the acknowledgement, the acceptance, the love for all the different parts. And I really feel like the journey she's gone through to get to this place is so freaking powerful. You guys are going to hear it in a moment. And it's just the most inspiring thing. If you're looking to create greater peace and acceptance within this is the episode for you also if you're looking to just create a life that feels really good right like career-wise or whatsoever like let her be that source of deep inspiration because she's really built this gorgeous super tailored to her soul career and uh, I yeah I could just go on and just gush because I truly, truly, truly think that she is an incredible, incredible woman to look up to. And I really am so blessed that I get to share her with you guys. So a few things before we get into this episode. First of all, trigger warning. Okay. We talk briefly, but still there is mention of sexual abuse, alcohol abuse, suicide 
ideation, body image, eating disorders. All right. So some of these are part of her story. Some of these are part of mine. And some are just topics we talk about at large. But the point is, even though we don't go super deep into the experience of any of these, if these are topics that could send you into an unsafe place within, please just skip this episode, okay? I love you all the same. And I'll just give you a moment now to just click off. Okay. So for those of you that are here still with me, with us, Thank you for being here. I hope that this episode really does serve you. I hope it plays a role in your healing or just you connecting in to your light. And the last thing I really want to share before we get into this, because I said to Jade, I'm going to share this because it's such a big part of what she's all about and like her career. And we just had so much I felt to talk about in this episode because I just love her story. Um, So somehow time just ran and ran and I didn't talk about sort of like the crux I feel of her work and which is so funny isn't that wild how that happens I think that's when you know you've had a great conversation when like maybe the main intent you didn't even get to because there was just so much more um but okay so this is also even why I was called to like her work is because for me and I share this in the episode skin has just always been a difficult point it's been I mean I had acne in grade seven that's when it came and then it what totally went away in grade eight but that was only because I went on proactive and then that stopped working as things like that typically do And then it kind of came back in pretty much the same way. So I never had like super intense, but it was still like enough to not want to be seen without makeup. And that's in my eyes, like I don't want, I've never had like, I can't speak to the experience of like a lot of deep pitted, like I can only imagine how painful that is because I have had a few of those in my lifetime and they are actually physically very painful and when you have physical pain, obviously it translates to the mental, emotional, spiritual. So I don't want to say that I've I've been there with that, but in my experience, still not feeling comfortable in your skin is a, it's just such a deep thing. It's so much more than skin. It's the face we present to the world, how we feel about ourselves. And my belief that I've come to with this all, I mean, is is aligned I would say with Jade's I don't want to put words in her mouth and so if you want to hear her talk on this then go to her platforms but where I've come to is when we're tending to that like garden within the soul our inner landscape our external body begins to reflect that okay like these are more emotional and spiritual than I personally believe the western world really gives credit and by these I mean these manifestations so acne or eczema or whatever I I truly believe they have much deeper root causes and I think that a lot of the time when we acknowledge the fact that they have 
you know, internal connections, I I still don't feel like that's really deep enough. It might like, I feel like a lot of people just to explain, say like, oh yeah, like acne is connected to gut issues, but that's like, okay, well, like where are the gut issues from? And so to me, it's like always about tracing back, tracing back. And of course, what we've found, what the literature has found is like, you know, a lot of people with gut issues have trauma. And and so that's why, yeah, acne is related to gut issues, but gut issues like chronic gut issues are often related to unresolved trauma. And this is just so near and dear to me. And it's not something I'm on the other side of 100%. I would say, just to be honest, I, I, I believe I've got into like an 85%. Like, it's hard to quantify, obviously, in numbers. But I guess to just explain, like, I don't wear makeup anymore. And I feel comfortable in my skin. And for the most part, it's actually clear and that's a gift, but, but I'm also like, if, if my, if my engagements with my skin were like an engagement with food, I would say I still live in a rather restricted way, let's say skin wise in order to have that. So that's to say, as I shared with Jade, I do not wear face makeup because literally every time I do, I end up getting acne it might not be right away usually it's not usually it would actually come out in that luteal phase around the period and I'll be like oh there's like three zits in the same kind of spot and oh yeah I used a little bit of um, blush on my cheeks last month and then I won't use it the next month and they're not there so yeah, so that's why like I'm nowhere near 100%. I actually, I know I have so much inner work more to do. I feel like I'm scratching the surface, getting into somatic healing, like Peter Levine work, which I have not shared on the podcast. And oh my God, here we are just like, going into it. But it's like, it really is all so connected. I still have a lot of gut stuff to work out. And, and, and yeah, so obviously I'm actually very much in the same place with like my gut. And I feel at peace inside my own skin most of the time but it's because I kind of like know how to maneuver through the world and it's not like with full freedom it's not like I can just eat anything like for example if I had dairy like holy hell I would be breaking out for a month it's it's not an ideal way to live but it is working also because it's been like 10 years since I've had dairy so like things like that you kind of just forget about but I guess in an ideal world right like you healed the deepest parts of yourself so you are free let's say if you want to put a different oil on your face other than one that's 100% you know non-comedogenic like zero on the comedogenic like rating scale which is the point that I'm at okay so I guess all that is to say I feel like I've done a lot of great work in this area and I want to just be honest with you guys about like why this is something that I wanted to speak to because it is such a like skin is just so emblematic of the self, the soul. And for me, it really is a personal thing. I've talked to quite a few of you too, and you've had your own things. Um, there's people very close to me in my life who have dealt with their own versions of this in terms of eczema and rosacea. And I also know women who are in like their mid thirties who have like accelerated aging because um, pretty much of yeah, it was their own skin's manifestation of 
what I'm speaking to here with like trauma. Okay. So that's a little bit of like my connect to it. I hope that that just brings you closer to me and understand where I'm coming from. And then, yeah. And as I said, I don't want to speak for Jade, but as far as I understand, her belief is very much that um, manifestations on the skin are too a reflection of the deeper inner world and she does very we do very briefly kind of say that in this episode but yeah there's just so much to this topic and it's wild this this podcast could have been double or triple the length just had we gotten into this but in in the end we kind of did talk about this just without actually talking about skin meaning we talked about the reasons why skin issues come up we talked about her story and the depths of what she's been through like hence my trigger warning and um so yeah we kind of do talk about it just without this this piece so there you go oh my gosh this was much longer of an intro than I intended but yeah here we are I hope you enjoy the episode now finally at long last with the beautiful Jade something that's been a huge part of my life has been skin it's been something that for me it's like my Achilles heel, you know, it's like that thing when things go off, my skin breaks out. I can't even wear makeup really, honestly, because my, at least face makeup, it will just break me out. So I just stopped and I'm like, all right. You don't need it. No. So I, I totally get that. And, you know, the skin speaks and, and it always starts within. So mm. yeah, anyway, I can help through the computer screen. Let me yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I'm excited just to like, like soak in your wisdom because there's it's such a big topic and it's such a deep topic as much as it is quote unquote skin deep it's like there's actually so much to me there's so much like meaning in that and skin Mm -hmm. it just has so much to it and the fact that you speak to it on all these different levels like to me it's like Mm -hmm. oh my god just talk my ear off forever because (laughs) it's I love it. I love it. I know like when you, when you hear me outside of the, you know, series, which I don't know if you've listened to it, Mm -hmm. they're two very different personalities. You know, when I on my YouTube, it turns into this very meditative state and I like can talk very calm while educating, but on the real, I'm just very chill. You know, you can talk to me about anything. I don't have that voice permanently. So Mm -hmm. people are always surprise I was like yeah I don't walk around just like in that vocal yeah like zoning you in too (laughs) it's totally different that's so that's one of my personas one of my many personas oh my god I love that I love that you own that because we all have that to a degree like we're all um you know whether we're engaged with a, a parent or whatever we're all in a persona you know versus like when we're with a partner or friend or not and yeah, totally. Yeah. Really yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So I would love to. We're recording. We're recording. We don't have to include that. Don't worry about it. I. Oh, you can, no, you can use whatever you want. I'm an open book. You are. You can ask me whatever you feel. Okay. Um, I do feel like my mess is my message. I'm like really big in that. So you ask away and I'm here for you. Oh my gosh. You're really. <laughs> she is what you think you know when you meet people and you're just like are they gonna be what they are you know and yeah. I always got a sense because I heard you interviewed but it's always just like like six times when you actually experience it or more because it's just like yeah. 
feels so good. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So let's say as an unofficial second beginning, what I always do love to ask people and I love the informal because that's definitely how I am too. But when you were younger, like what, what were you like as a kid and how does that part of you show up today? And like, how did it inform what you're doing now? I love that question just because I'm doing a lot of inner child work right now. My partner and I actually, we are really tapping into our inner children. This is so funny. He actually, <laughs> he just bought Legos. He was like, you know what, I'm gonna get Legos and we're gonna hang out and make these Legos. And I was like, the other day I was in Target and I was, I was all, I wanna go down the Barbie aisle just because I want to reminisce on this like childhood. Mm -hmm. And so, the question of how I was when I was a child. I mean, I was very artistic, very creative, very in touch with nature. I loved plants. You could always find me just in the garden making mud pies for fairies out of just any plant that you could find. So I always kind of felt very connected to this like spiritual realm. Even though I did grow up in a pretty religious household, I just was very in tune with with just the earth in general. Mm. Um, I loved art. I painted and drew at a super young age. And so I knew I wanted to do something with my hands. I just didn't know what. Mm. And it makes sense now that like, when I look back to that younger child, I feel like it's just, I'm coming home over and over as I've like grown older. I live in this beautiful home now that's kind of like up in the, the hills of LA that's just covered with plants. And I feel just in my sanctuary. Actually before this uh, Zoom, I was out in the garden with my coffee, just with my plants and admiring my garden. And that's my happy place is being in nature. So, um, super young. I, I, like I said, I drew and I painted. And as I grew older, I knew I wanted to do some type of art form. So my craft really started out as an artist. I was a painter and then it moved into makeup artistry in high school. And then I, you know, I was told many times that I would never have a career from doing makeup. Mm -hmm. That was from the non-believers, you know, we all have those. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I'm like, I'm doing exactly what I was doing as a child in adult form. So hooray to that. You yeah. can be anything you want. And I truly believe in, in tapping into that child inside because we all have a child that we need to heal. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that the truth? And it's, it's so beautiful to have you share this because I've recently spent time just connecting with a bunch of women who listen to this show and hearing where they're at and and learning even more about them. And so I know that there's a lot of women listening that are like you and mm. they have that side to them that I share as well. It's like that, it, that feminine side, that sensitive side, that spiritual side. But then, as you said, there is so much messaging that's like, yeah, mm. okay, but find like the thing that's going to give you, you know, the, the dough, like it, what's going to give you the money, you know? And it's like, I totally understand. Yeah. Mm. How did you deal with that? And like, keep going. You know, I think that I, I think this topic often, um, and I feel like I, I live in abundance mm -hmm. and I try to attract abundance from the very start. It was never about the money. You know, I started when I was 
2018 is when I created my blog that was very much about makeup and skincare. And it was never about making money. I did it on the side. I mean, back then I was doing makeup for like $50 a face. And so I always like to think back to those early days of when I was starting and why I was starting and what the mission was. And it was always about making others feel comfortable in their skin, whether that be through the makeup or through skincare, or, I mean, I was a one-stop shop like way back then where I would do lash extensions, tanning. I just wanted to do everything so the client could come to me and I could just really dress them up. Did you, where does that mission come from? Is that like, did you have any difficulties feeling comfortable in your own skin or was that just something you had and you wanted to transcend to other people or? You know, as I've like gone through a lot of my healing, inner journey, therapy, all different types of modalities to find who I was and why I do what I do on this earth, um, I really realized that I did struggle in my own skin. Many may think when they see me, oh, she has it made, she's perfect, which mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to that word. I'm very anti that type of terminology, but I truly struggled because I don't feel like, and, and I love my parents and they don't know this, but I don't feel like I got the words of affirmation that I really needed as a child to grow the confidence in myself of you're worthy and you're enough. You know, I did grow up in a, like I said, a religion where mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of shame involved there. And so I struggle with that super young. And now that I think about my work, it's always trying to make others feel good so that maybe they, they would have the confidence through that. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so beautiful. What a gift that you've given to women. And is it, it's women usually that you're working with, right? I don't I know. Everyone. I mean, I've yeah, worked cool. um, in the LGBTQ community, which I am part of that. Mm -hmm. And I, anyone anyone okay. can do makeup or skincare yeah. too that you know I hid for a very long time I am bisexual and I was not open about that because mm -hmm. earlier ages of my life involved in this religion it kind of was shunned upon and so mm -hmm. I hid that part of me for a very long time wow I mean can you speak to the because I have friends who um, also grew up with a, a Catholic, I went to a Catholic school, so I get it. And, and I've known people who went to school with me, people who didn't go to school with me, but also had that upbringing. And it does take a toll that you are not everyone, but I shouldn't speak for everyone, but for a lot of people, they do need to work through with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always was like extremely comfortable with myself but, and, and my own sexuality and stuff, but it was more so I realized that I hid a very separate life from people. I, I more was hiding the deeper sides of me and just showing what I felt like was accepted mm -hmm. through the church. I mean, if you listen to Jordan's podcast then you probably heard that I also got married when I was 20. Mm -hmm. So I kind of subscribed to that, that whole lifestyle. And I will say I have nothing against any religion. I think on in this life experience, we all need something to believe in. And so I, you know, support anyone and their religious beliefs, but I chose to go more the spiritual route. Yeah. What, like, was that an, 
Was it an easy choice for you? Is I guess honestly what I'm trying to say, because it can be if you grow up in a certain household, if you're the one forging her own path and you've done that in so many different ways in your own life, like how have you found that within you? Was do you reach breaking points or do you kind of get to these prior to the pain just becoming the path? You know, I think that like my situation is a bit complicated because I, I was the oldest, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like you were the one that's supposed to be the leader. And I felt like I took that weight on my shoulders in every aspect of mm -hmm. like my mm -hmm. life, which my back is heavy, girl. You know, she's been carrying around a lot for a long time. But I am in the place now where, you know, this is me. This is this is who I want to be in this world. No one is going to choose what I believe in, how I look, what I want in a relationship, any of that. And it did take a really long time for me mm -hmm. to get to the point to be able to be free, to be open to say these things mm -hmm. and not care what anyone thought. But um, to answer your question, if, if it's more geared towards family accepting, you know, that I didn't want to be involved. My family is extremely understanding and they have always been like to us children. I have multiple siblings, whatever makes you happy. So I'm just so grateful that I have a family that is supportive to whatever I believe. And, you know, I support them with whatever they believe. Wow. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Not the case for everyone, but um, if you're blessed with it, I mean, yeah, like yeah what a gift what a oh gift. I know so many people that that wouldn't be able to be open because of what their parents thought and and even though my parents were extremely supportive I did go through the phase where I assumed that they weren't uh -huh. and that probably caused more pain in myself <laughs> by not being open so I totally understand if someone is afraid to to come out of they don't want to believe in something anymore because it just doesn't align with their journey <laughs> then I, I can totally sense how difficult it can be. It took me around 27 years to really be open about this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting when um, you, we do realize, because there's been so many times in my life where I've been like, oh, for sure, if I do this thing, probably in reality, yeah, it made my parents a little uncomfortable. Like when I would go when I was younger and go live somewhere or house sit and stay in someone's house. My parents were like, Oh my God, what is she doing? Is she going to get kidnapped or killed? Or like, what's, what's going on? Um, and yeah, it made them uncomfortable. I remember my dad's body tensing. Like it's like a memory I have in my mind, but you know what? He grew through and now he thinks, so. Oh, what a great opportunity for a young person who doesn't have money and they just want right. to go and do this thing. So, but it is amazing how prior to getting to that point, we can stop ourselves from doing things because we do build things or blow them out of proportion because it's that like catastrophizing ego trying to keep us safe yeah absolutely so much judgment keeps us from being open and honest and, and judgment is one of the biggest things that I feel like as a creator as someone that has been on social media I've struggled with this for, you know, I've been in the industry for around a little bit over 12 years on social. And it was, I think my biggest like enemy because I constantly was overthinking things. How much do I share? What do I not share? You know, I lived half of my life on social media behind the persona, behind JD Weighty 180 space, which was, I, I left up all my photos from before, you know, I've come out with my more holistic true self, but in the past around four years ago, I looked extremely different and 
I hid behind her. And now I don't have any more time to waste. You know, I just want to be me. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, and you shared and, you know, many, and you are open that you've done a lot of work. Like what have been some of the things that have been quite profound for you in your own journey to getting to this place of like acceptance and letting the veils sort of fall? Yeah. You know, I struggled a lot with addiction and acceptance and lots of trauma that I went through at like a super young age. And it took me a really long time to label it. I think a lot of people are afraid of labels, but you know, labels, they're just words. And now I can stand behind them and I like to lead with them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, at a young age and starting and being in the social media spotlight, I think there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure that the beauty industry puts on you with these expectations that are truly just un unrealistic and they're unattainable. And when I started, you know, in the beauty space, I was 17, 18, and I had a blog called Kissable Complexions and, you know, media, it puts this idea of what a woman or what a man should be like, look like. And I just don't even believe in the word beauty. You know, I don't subscribe to that word because I think that beauty is subjective. It can mean something very different in your eyes or my eyes. And it took me a long time to stand behind that. And so I don't even like to say I'm a beauty creator or I'm in fully the beauty space. I'm just in the creative space. Mm. And, you know, I don't want to go off so far in a tangent because I could go so deep. And no, that's, off. it's, <laughs> no, I mean, that's not even off. I still feel like it's part of the pop because that's, that's pr quite profound. Like for somebody like you to be, you know, somebody could dub you very much like, you know, an epicenter of, of, of the quote unquote beauty space or the holistic beauty space or whatever the heck they want to call it. Um, but for you to be moving through that space and still say like, yeah, no, like I don't have the prototypical definition. Yeah, well. totally. And I, you know, when I first started, I, I was all about the art. I was all about the makeup. I was all about making others feel beautiful. And as I grew larger and larger, larger in social media, it started to become more about myself mm -hmm. and I started to lose myself, but I didn't notice it at the time. I moved to LA, you know, about four years after I started growing pretty big. And then that's when things really started to shift. I was mentally not very well. My mental health was really struggling. I was not in a crowd that I felt like was good for my higher self. There was a lot of like drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse that I went through in the beauty industry and just in the industry, entertainment industry in general. And I didn't really know how to handle it at the time other than self uh, harm to be completely honest. And so I really struggled a lot with my appearance. I felt like I changed, I had gained weight, I wasn't taking care of myself. And I just really, I was lost. Like mentally I was lost, physically I was lost. And I leave my photos up as a, a story for myself to see the journey that I was on, to see when I was at my you know, happiest, which was right when I started, I looked 
just like myself, you know, my most self. And then when it started to shift, when I started to change and I started to want to get fillers, want to get Botox, want to change my overall appearance in my face and you can just see it. And I definitely could tell that I was struggling the most with my addiction. I, I struggled the most with alcohol uh, abuse because at these parties, I mean, you got free alcohol left and right. right. And I, I realized what it really was as I struggled with social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be myself. I was still wearing the persona when I went out, but mm-hmm. the suit didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of put this act on, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been there. That's why I, I'm, I'm just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I totally have experience. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, and you know, after some time of wearing that suit, it just, it was too tight, didn't fit anymore. And yeah. I wore it for about like probably five, six years. And then I didn't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. And I really was just like, who am I? Like literally who am I? Zoolander line. And I just, I went away. I I wanted to go away. And I didn't know how I was going to get back to the person I was before because that was in the past. So I was like, how can I get back to me in the present? And I really uh, removed all the fillers, as many as I could, took about four different times to take out my lips. And that was painful. Um, (laughs) Face fillers. And I really focused on getting back to the inner beauty inner beauty, um, the, the health in my brain, the brain beauty, to be honest. Brain beauty. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. That's, um, that's quite the chapter. I think a lot of people have had their versions of that. Um, I called it like my quarter life crisis when I became, I was in fashion, but five, six years, I'm thinking when you're misaligned, that's a freaking long time. Because when I was in fashion, it burned me out in like a few, like way less, like yeah. two. Uh, like, but, and so I'm like, holy cow, like you have some resilience in you to actually go that long, but then to get to that point where you look in the mirror and you're like, who am I? And I've been there and I'm like, that was all, that was all I could say to myself. Actually, this is my only identity, the quote unquote fashion girl, which is quite hilarious now. Cause I have probably five shirts in there, but it's just it. these identities that we like throw onto ourselves. And we're like, okay, if I take off this label, like it looked like I'm looking underneath and it seems like there's nothing there. So what do I do now? And what, like you said that you want to go, you, did you end up going away then? Is that your story? Did you take time away and go through these procedures at the same time? Like, um, you know, it, to, to remove fillers in the face and stuff, it's like going in and getting a dissolver. You know, it's it's like doing an yeah. injection again that dissolves it all. Mm. Um, it's fairly easy, but because I had done so much over so many years, I had to go and do it a bunch of different times. And, and I just stopped really going to any events. I told myself, I need to change and do a rebrand. I want to rebirth, you mm. know, I want to get back to me. And I didn't even really know what that was at the time, because before I got into makeup, I was in aesthetics. I was in um, right out of high school. I went into esthetician school and my mom actually forced me to go. I told her, I was like, I don't know if I'm good at this. And she's like, no, 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 you're going to be good. Like you're, you're great with your hands. And so I did it, but 
I, I always hid that side of my career. I was doing facials this entire time on my clients. I just never talked about it because I just didn't think anyone would be interested. Interesting. Wow. And was the industry different? Like, have you noticed it shift? Because now I feel it's really cool, isn't it? I mean, I think it is like, to, and I mean, you obviously have your audience who is attracted to that, but I even feel like in general, like there is a perception of it as being this like beautiful experience. What do you think? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that like about four years ago when I came out with my series, I was like, we were deep in the pandemic and I just was sick of doing makeup on myself. I felt like the industry space was extremely saturated and I had, how many looks can you do? I mean, makeup is endless, I will say that. And it will always have a deep place in my heart. But the super glam looks and the contour and the lashes, they just weren't appealing to me anymore. And I was focusing so much more on what was underneath that in myself. So it just felt very authentic to do the shift. Mm -hmm. And it just made sense to me. And so I, I took a risk to completely rebrand and more focus on the natural side of things, the skincare side of things, and my esthetician and professional background and education, because to me, it was always about the education. You know, I've always wanted to be a teacher in a way of to help others to do things at home. And so I, you know, in the past, when I had my makeup studio in Utah, I taught so many people how to do their makeup so that they could just do it themselves. And I did the same with skincare. I I, uh, mentored a ton of estheticians over the years. And I thought, I think it's time to bring back the education side of things. And I felt like the skincare space really blew up around COVID because people were at home, you know, they weren't going out and wearing makeup as much. They were really focusing on skin. So I took the leap and I decided to create my uh, YouTube series, Complexions by Jade, where I show the background of everything that goes on behind the spa. But I I wanted to elevate it. I wanted to make it a virtual experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your videos are so... Yeah, they're, they're very like captivating and it's, I'm, I'm kind of squeamish. So like some of them, I'm like, this is kind of like scary for me to watch. But like, as I said, like I've had my skin issues. So it's kind of like, okay, but like, I also do want to watch it. And then the way that you present everything and what I'm speaking to specifically is when like somebody has like a zit or something and you're tending to it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's beautiful because you do make it make something that can be for someone, um, something to be ashamed of or whatever. It's like in you sharing these normal skins, I was going to say imperfect, but reality is this is the majority this. I don't think that as far as I have seen that it's not the majority to have a glossy skin, like social media would have us think. So for you to just share normal skin is so just even that is healing for a viewer to be like, whoa, like I'm not like this alien, like what I used to think in like high school. And I'm like, oh my God, am I the, it seemed as if I was the only person who like would get blemishes. And so it's beautiful that you share that. And and then of course the treatments that actually tend to soothe all of that. Thank you. Yeah. I I honestly wanted to highlight um, just real people. I, you know, started out this series where I was having special guests and different celebrities and it 
transformed. I didn't know it was going to turn into this whole thing. I had a vision and the vision kind of took off and led me where I felt like it was most authentic and what would help the masses most if I was going to use my platform in this way. And so I actually, all of my clients, everything, everyone you see on the bed, they're real followers. They're people that they, they enter a, you know, application, they send in their photo, no one is denied, we love anyone from any type of ethnicity, skin tone, skin concerns, and we celebrate their skin where it is, because the skin can change, like you said, you know, in high school, you dealt with acne at the time, your skin looks lovely, and so it's like, I'm sure, uh, you know, much people, they think, oh, is this permanent? But it's not. You just need to find the right ritual and sometimes less is more and just guidance. Because I think a lot of people these days, they get so much guidance from social media. And who am I to talk? I, I am <laughs> social media. Right. But I think if you are really seeking help, finding a professional and not just going to TikTok or just someone that isn't licensed to get some help. Right. Right. Yeah. It, and it, and that's why it's hard. Like I would, and I will ask you, but it, mm-hmm. when I ask you, it's like, I also recognize that it's hard for you to give a real answer. Cause I could be here like, okay, if somebody's struggling with adult acne, like, what would you say? But I laugh because it's kind of like, oh, it's, and I know it's so unique cause I've been through it. So like, do you do general advice or like, what do you say with like people who are going through common skin things? Like Are there things that you would ask them to ask themselves maybe, or? Okay guys, so I'm just taking a moment from this episode to share with you a little bit about my one-on-one coaching work. If you are interested, if this episode was speaking to you, if you feel like it's time for me to do as Jade did, but in my own way, meaning if you're feeling really called to reconnect with yourself, like you don't fully recognize yourself, like maybe you've gotten caught up in the world around you and trying to be someone for someone else, whatever the reason, and you feel like it's time to come home and you're ready to really share in a safe, supportive container and learn tools that you can take and do on your own to calm yourself down, to reconnect to those emotions that maybe you've been disconnected from for a while and learn how to really see them in a non-triggering Zen, honestly, way. When we see, when we have the capacity within our nervous system to really see our emotions from ironically an unemotional place but just from like a sort of objective place that's really when we get the opportunity to do healing work that's when we can get curious be a little bit of a detective and it's really powerful what changes in our life as a result so often I feel we're going after changes to our external world because we feel like if we just get this thing or that thing or change this thing or that thing or leave this thing or that thing then then everything's going to change and we're going to be happy and I've known a lot of people who have done just that whether it's getting the money 
not being happy. We've heard that story time and time again. But I've also heard other stories, which might even be more heartbreaking to you guys, which are like people who were in wonderful relationships and who actually left their partners because they were like, I don't know who I am and I need to leave this person and go out on my own and then felt like they made a mistake. And in the end, look, there are no mistakes. Of course, there are no mistakes. And if you're meant what I believe is that if you're meant to be with that person you will reconnect and that is the story of Gabby Bernstein and her husband actually which I find gorgeous but I just feel like you know we could also take like a more calm like non-jumping off the cliffs approach to our healing you know maybe not blow up our lives (laughs) I think that's a little bit of a sweeter more gentle approach because it doesn't have to be this like mad dash to make massive changes I know that can feel really sexy but for probably people like you I certainly know myself a little bit more sensitive our nervous systems just don't need that and that's what my coaching really does so using tools like meditation deep reflection visualization reiki when needed yoga nidra when needed somatic healing work exercises when needed it's it's really about connecting into the mind, connecting into the emotional body, connecting into the spirit and connecting into the body. So that's it. If you're interested and you want to learn more, you want to see if we're a good fit, then please send me a message on Instagram or you can even reach out through email, whatever feels good for you. That's all available in the show notes. And I would love to hear with you, hear from you. I hear from you, my lips. Okay, now back to the episode. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's definitely hard to give any type of diagnosis or any like new routine to you unless I see your skin um, underneath a mag light. And you know, I'm working on my end on the back end to be able to create a resource to help with people that want to have that one on one consultation. So we'll see what happens. I'll let you know when that comes. But as far as like vague you know, uh, advice that I could give you. It's all about listening to your body. Mm -hmm. Um, that's where we start as far as a holistic esthetician, we ask, you know, what is your diet? Like, um, what type of stress do you have going on? Those are the first couple questions. And then we'll go into your routine and we'll really dig deep into the ingredients, strip them back, see if you have any allergies. Um, and we'll start there and then we'll start to minimize completely and slowly build out the routine. I'm not a believer in a 10 step routine by any means. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not a, the type of esthetician where I say you have to use one line. I love to mix clinical with holistic. I think that there's certain products that should be more natural. Whereas if you're, you know, you have hyperpigmentation or melasma, you really want to brighten, you want to go for those like brightening acids or vitamin C's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I will share. I don't really have, I mean, yeah, I have a routine, but it's like, it's, it's really, there's not much going on because like I told you very, very sensitive, like pretty much I'm sensitive to everything. So, but one thing that I do use that is quite clinical is, um, what is it? Benzoyl, benzoyl peroxide, a BPO. Mm-hmm. 
that one has, I mean, I don't know, I could take it out and see if anything changes, but it seems to work quite well. But then in conjunction, and the reason I share this is because it's exactly what you spoke to. In conjunction with that, the only form of uh, moisturizer is um, like hemp oil that I use on my face yeah. because I'm like, I know it's not ketogenic and let's just yeah. go with that. And I can help you, you know, I just would need to know your routine and stuff, but I am not mad at the hemp oil girl. I think that's totally fine. <laughs> if the benzoyl is really helping you. The only thing I would say is I tend to find that benzoyl does really dry out a lot of people and you have to like limit the use. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what I've noticed in the past, um, in the past, not long, which is very funny that we're talking now, but only in, the, I would say the past month, maybe two months max. I'm like, oh, this is weird. I'm getting dryness on my cheeks. Like yeah. this has never happened to me in my life. Season, for sure. You have to change with the seasons. That's, I really love Ayurveda because it does tell you to change your products with the season. And so you said that you're in Finland, right? Yeah. And it's cold. <laughs> Yeah, okay. well, it's the climate, you know, you're in a colder climate now, your products aren't working the same. So you have to shift with your environment. Okay, that's very helpful. And I did, I do know that you're um, into Ayurveda. And I wanted to ask you about that as well. Like, when did that kind of come into your life? And obviously, it's not just a skin thing. Like, how does it play into your life? Or how you approach like different pieces of your own life and routines? Yeah, you know, I, I was very blessed to be able to be introduced to Ayurveda um, in the first spa that I ever worked for. My mentor there, she specialized in Ayurveda. She had worked with the practice for many, many years. And right when I got out of school, I was like, I don't know if I want to be in the holistic side of things because I'm such a nature you know, feminine energy and I, I'm so attracted to that. But at the same time, I deeply love treatments and lasers and lights and and all that type of good clinical you know procedures yeah. and so I chose to go the route of going natural and I'm I'm so grateful that I did because she taught me as much as the, as much as she could I was there for about a year and I just was a sponge I soaked up everything so in the Ayurvedic spa we learned everything from the right teas to give our clients for their skin type and their concerns oh. and a lot about holism integrating holistic rituals into your everyday practice um, she deeply taught me about oils, Ayurvedic oils. We worked a lot with sesame oil and that was a, a oil that I was going to suggest you okay. is to find a cold pressed sesame oil, not okay. the cooking oil, <laughs> a, a really good Ayurvedic oil. I'm writing um, it down. Yes, sesame is so healing for those that are using any type of benzoyl and those that have sensitive skin because it's non comedogenic and it's really soothing. It's great for acne too. And she taught me all different massage techniques and a lot of my lymphatic drainage I learned from her. I personally do a lot of different Ayurvedic rituals in my own wellness ritual that aren't so much about skin. Um, I do, yeah, I do bulletproof coffee um, where I mix ghee in to kind of cut any of the caffeine. And it's actually a really healthy fat that if you mix it in with your coffee, you make the coffee and then you put it in the blender, like a, a tablespoon of ghee every morning. And it's, it's really good for your digestive system. How does so, it help I with the caffeine? Cause that's, I, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, caffeine, I used to, as a younger person, not be aware of anything, but as an adult starting to notice, oh my God, I cannot have caffeinated yes. coffee because it just sends me up into like the Netherlands and then I had like crash back down again. It's not, it's not good. Honestly, same. I'm very sensitive to caffeine in any type of drink that has it. And so the, the ghee, it, I don't want to like be too scientific and get it wrong, but just in the Ayurvedic ritual to mix it in, it really helps to kind of metabolize and it also calms down any of those jitters. So it's much more of like a calm, not straight to your brain caffeine. And I don't feel like I, I'm just like have any anxiety from the coffee. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cause I'm obsessed with coffee. I have it every day, but only decaf. Um, so yeah, what a, that's a, that's a good little trick, especially cause there's a lot of, um, for people who are very picky about coffee, like me, like the taste and the beans and like too nerdy about it. But like, if I go places, a lot of places kind of like cheap out on their decaf because mm-hmm. it's like totally. nobody orders it. So then it, a lot of the times you're like, oh, that place is bad coffee. If you try the caffeinated, this is just a side tangent. The caffeinated is actually de- yeah. like at least decent and it's just the decaf. Oh, no, I, I do also enjoy the taste of coffee. And so I will usually have my ghee coffee in the morning okay. and then later I'll have a decaf just because I just love the taste. So yeah. I'm right there with you, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else? Like that's, that's a great tip actually with that. What are the other practice or it doesn't have to be every day, but things that you do do that are either Ayurvedic based or just in general that are grounding and nourishing for you yeah I mean I have a bunch of different like spiritual rituals that I do in my like wellness everyday life in the morning and the night and you know they shift and Ayurveda I don't go a hundred percent you know and I really don't go a hundred percent with any of the different rituals I liked to kind of make my own where I have you know Ayurveda is in my life probably ten percent It's also probably 10% into my facials as well. A lot of the practices that I learned from my guru and mentor, you know, I've added them in, but added my own twist Mm -hmm. on how I feel like that they really help. So in my facials, I mostly use all Ayurvedic oils. And then I do a lot of my own mixtures of organic cold press and I'll mix. And it really just depends on my client, their concerns. But a lot of the back bar that I don't show is my own concoctions. And they are very rooted in Ayurvedic oils and stuff like that. Um, For my everyday for myself, because I realize I I share so much about what I do in the treatment room and I'm getting more into sharing more about my own rituals and that will come out soon. But as far as like spiritual care, I really try to not go immediately to devices in the morning. And I have like a salt lamp here. I have my essential oils that I'm very into and I'm super into Wim Hof and breath work. So right when I wake up, you know, I get my essential oils out. I do my breathing to really activate my brain and just connect with my body and always just checking in mentally. How do I feel today? and then starting my day from that. So I like to like stay away from, from technology as long as I can and, and connect with the earth and go out into my garden. And then once I'm really centered and I've had my grounding with you know, the grass and everything, then I can get into my work. Yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. I, I love that you, cause I've, I've noticed this about you, obviously just the fact that you have both sides to your practice, like what I was going to say originally is I love that you hold space for like a lot of different things and that you don't 
feel the need, I guess, to over-identify with labels as we spoke about earlier or just ways of being because I have found in my own life and a lot of other people that I know's life, it 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 stops you from mm-hmm. being really who you are at the end of the day. So I love that you don't do that with your practice and then with your own self-care. That's really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. I try not to subscribe too much to labels because I do feel like they are limiting and, you know, people get too hung up on, well, you have to do this this way and you have to do mm-hmm. this this way. Mm-hmm. Who said, like, mm-hmm. I just want to know who told you that. <laughs> so I think that, you know, doing things the right way. Okay. But I just also kind of like to pave my own pathway. And, and if something sticks, I'll keep it. If something doesn't, mm-hmm. then it will I tried to be really flowy and you know there's days that I'm like I'm not this like very you know floating thing all the time you have to know that like I have days where I'm like screw this and I'm so depressed and I'm not going in the garden you know and so (laughs) I just want that to be out there that I in by no means just this completely zen human all the time I've I've been through my tribulations and I I do struggle with depression and and it's a choice I have Mm -hmm. found that do I want to subscribe to this energy today or do I want to literally pull myself out of it because it's not going to be good and I'm not going to get anything done so yeah oh that's powerful and I love actually the choice of that word subscribe it's one that we all know very well thanks to YouTube and all other social media so that's that's really powerful and that what I found is that people with like that big capacity that you have for light also have it for if you want to call it darkness or just shadow or whatever it's like pretty much I haven't met anyone who's who's like really sitting in like that like good energy who isn't at least somewhat acquainted usually well acquainted with the hard stuff in life too yeah I've learned to get really comfortable with my darkness. You know, I, I recognize, and I've recognized over the years, the ego and I chose, okay, what is that? What is the ego? What does it mean to me? And it sits up in a box and I, I don't visit it often. You know, I don't try to lead with ego. I always try to lead with light, but there's always going to be the darkness. You have to have those polarities and you have to understand them. And I very much subscribe to everyone has a feminine and masculine energy in them. Do you want to lean into the healthy or the toxic side? And so I really like to, to work with those polarities and recognize when one is coming out more than the other. Um, I do a lot of deep therapy work, um, spiritual work on this side of things and just understanding your darkness, I think is huge. And and it took me most of my life. You know, I I'm extremely grateful to be sitting here because there was many times where I wanted to kill myself. I I can freely say that, like I struggled a lot with suicide and because of my image Mm -hmm. and it's really my mission to help others, you know, on their journey to, to find themselves. I never can heal anyone. You have to heal yourself. But to be able to to share tools that help me on the way, I hope that they can help and be someone else's, you know, guidebook. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. And can I ask, and just, you don't have to share whatever you don't want to share, but when you say your image, do you mean on the physical front or do you mean the whole body, like your image of yourself, like 360 degrees, if you will, like 
was what was the I guess the struggle there was it mostly dealing with the external or is it the whole Oh, it was all of it. You know, I I feel like I was my worst enemy, you know, Mm -hmm. and back to the beauty, you know, industry and what it makes us feel. I mean, you have to be this certain weight, the certain height, the certain skin tone, all this stuff. And it's almost, it's so, um, it's so toxic for any female or male and especially those that are super young like viewing this stuff online and so i i think that i constantly struggled with my inside and who i was but also externally on the outside and i really had to lose myself completely and just fully start from scratch and cultivate self-love because there wasn't any in there i had self-loathing most of the time, but I never showed this, you know, everything was about the perfect canvas, the painted face. And that's why I I really have tried to strip away those layers and highlight those in their most raw form to help them kind of build and cultivate their own Mm self-acceptance. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's, um, it's sad, but it seems to me, it's rare that you meet a woman in the beauty industry, in the fashion industry or not, um, who hasn't had some reckoning with, of course, this whole time, this whole podcast, we've been talking about your inner world and coming to that acceptance, but even just to speak on like the skin suit sort of level, like who hasn't had some issue with their body or their face or, or whatnot at some point. And so- you sharing that is is really powerful because you do give off and I can feel it and I know it that you have this piece now as you said not always and it does waver but ultimately at the core it seems like you've come to a place of peace so it's really powerful to hear that you know it took it took some time to to sort through that yeah I think that most people do too they just won't fully admit it you know Mm -hmm. um and if you, if you are fully confident, then amazing. Tell us the secret sauce. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, this is the only body, at least in this life experience on this earth that I feel like I'm going to live in unless okay. I like some magic comes down and I just want to, to love it at all stages. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, re- it's, it's, it's really beautiful. It's, something that I've dealt with personally it's why I've had a lot of women on and asked specifically about like body image about eating disorders about things like this that are so prevalent and still unfortunately quite shameful to mm-hmm. speak on and I just think the more things are talked about like the first time I talked with a girlfriend about like food and like and this is when we were quite young so unfortunately it was coming to a point of feeling but it was still kind of like oh like what are you doing it it wasn't necessarily in the healthiest context, but the first time opening and having a conversation about these things, these relationships with the things on our plate, which are representative of our lives and all of this, it was, mm. it was like, oh my God, oh, all of a sudden, like these bandages that like we kind of wrap ourselves in because it just, and it all feels so tight. And like, I'm the only person, the only messed up person dealing with all this stuff. It's even men deal with this. I mean, I've dated so many men that, that struggle with this image of themselves. Right. It's hard because I feel like most women think it's 
or most people think it's just women, but it's not. I mean, society is so conditioned that we have to look a certain way. But in my, you know, searchings and just lots of different journeys that I've been on to find myself, we're so powerful, just like who we are. And you have to cultivate that yourself. No one could sit there and tell you, oh, you're this and you're this and you're that. And we are constantly living on the other side of these screens, wanting other people that have no idea who we are to tell us you're accepted, you're worthy, you're enough. And I just, I think it's extremely toxic. And I know that that's, that's yeah. hard coming for me because I'm the one behind the screen and stuff like that. Yeah. But this is the veil for you fully that yeah. I feel it so deeply. And yeah. um, it is my career, but that's why I wanted to shift my career and, and be able to talk about things that were a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, sure, you might have a seat let's say in the, in the game, but like, that was, I'm not going to be weird metaphors that kind of have to do with sports because I'm, I'm not a sports, <laughs> but, but I, I tried, <laughs> whatever you have it, you have a seat in this whole thing. But, um, when you first spoke to that, it made me think much more of like, m- let's say very large industries that have kind of become a massive part of society. So to me, I would still say that you have a, you definitely play a different role and, um, you're obvious again to me anyway, whatever my perspective, you have a very healing role in this whole thing. Whereas I do think society at large is getting better. Um, <laughs> but there's still a lot of ways to go. And actually, if you still go into fashion houses, at least in my experience, things aren't really better. So we got a long way to go. And I think that you're on a beautiful, um, you're in a beautiful like path to really mending what you can with your platform which is very substantial and so very crucial in my eyes thank you I really appreciate it the work is never done you know I'm constantly digging into other things too I understand what you mean as far as the fashion side of things I have a deep passion for sustainability mm-hmm. and you just know making my mark on this earth the best way that I can as an individual and helping others around me. But just even as far as like beauty packaging goes and my deep love for nature, you know, it hits me so deep because I'm just like, we could always do better and we're, we're doing better, but there's always room for more. So I just think that like people like you and I that just continue to have the conversation mm-hmm. and opening up the space to, to possibly inspire others on their life journey to help in any way, whether it be with mother earth or through fashion and image, then, you know, I'm all behind that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, oh my God, I could have asked you so many things, but I want to respect your time. So I just want to actually say, cause you are this like wealth of so much knowledge and I actually don't want to create our my last question here for you but I actually would love to just ask you like is there something coming up for you that you feel like you want to share whether that's with respect to your work whether that's with respect to like your mission or just words of love or support for men women um like non-binary whatever like anybody listening is there anything coming through to you because you are such an intuitive soul I'd love to just hear thank you I, you know, 
There's a lot of things that I haven't shared on my social media and to be able to come on to this platform and speak to your followers who have like similar type, similar type of spirituality mission. Um, it's such an honor. Thank you so much for thinking of me and just to be able to, to talk to those that kind of have the same type of life um, inspirations and stuff. I, I really appreciate it. I have a lot of things that I've been working on that are coming out very soon and they will help, I feel, with a lot of different struggles that I feel like a lot of people are dealing with. Um, I have a platform coming out that talks a lot about resources and mental health awareness. So that will that will be big, I feel like, because I don't see a lot of, I, I've, it's happening more now, but I don't see a lot of um, influencers speaking of this topic and so, I just want to open the gateway to that on what's really helped me. Um, also on this platform, there will be a lot of information about resources for addiction and that's any type of addiction. I know we didn't get into it too deep, but I raised my sister the last four years and she struggled with um, narcotics. She was a heroin addict for around 10 years. And so now she's sober about three years and oh she is she's my right hand. She's actually the, the woman behind the camera. She films all of the facials and um, she's in cosmetology school so I'm really in on in the background trying to help those that have struggled with confidence and that feel like they could never have a life I mean I remember her saying I thought I was just going to do grocery bags for the rest of my life which is fine I never thought I would have a career but through you helping me now I can she's going to be a cosmetologist so oh. <laughs> and stuff and so I want to be able to turn my platform into a place that is a gateway. You know, I just feel like on this earth, I'm kind of the, the, the vessel to be able to give my resources and anything like that. And if they help, great. And if you don't believe in it, awesome. Thank you for listening. But um, that will be coming out soon. And also on this platform for those that really want to experience a facial like complexions, um, I will have resources for them to find estheticians that will be able to provide this. I've been writing um, for a very long time a booklet on all of my teachings because I just feel like passing it on is really important to me. I'm not able to take clients, you know, but to be able to teach others any of my, you know, techniques and whatever they want to, to keep and change themselves I hope that they can they can do the same thing that I did for someone else so wow. just working on lots of things in in private girl um and they will be coming out in the next couple of months and I feel like to me that's me lifting the veil and really showing my true face and the true suit that fits right wow oh my gosh <laughs> let me just Thank you so much for joining us on the North Star podcast. I am so grateful for your time and your presence. If you want to chime in on the conversation, you can send me a DM at Mac Castro on Instagram. I mean it when I say that I'm really always happy to hear from you, be it with regards to your insights gleaned from this episode or with regard to your own unfolding journey at large. I do believe that we each have our own North Star and it's our duty to do the inner work to get to know ourselves so that we can live in harmony with our souls 
carry out our calling, and serve others with the gifts we have each been uniquely blessed with in this lifetime. Thank you again for joining us, and I'll see you next time.